Hello, and welcome to the Natural Evolution Podcast, produced by Rebel Health Tribe. I'm Michael, and I'll be your host. Together, we will be hearing inspiring stories of healing and transformation, learning from some of the brightest minds in the world of functional medicine and holistic wellness, and exploring the world's best health-related products, services, tools, and resources. We are live again uh, with my friend Christopher Blakesley. Christopher, thanks for coming back. Oh, it's great to be back on, Michael. Thanks for having me and yeah, for your generosity last time with your time. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we talked for a long time. For those who didn't uh, catch Christopher's, this is his second time on the show. So go back episodes 13 and 14. We made it a two-parter because... Christopher's got quite the story. And in season one, we were focused on healing journeys and stories. And I still have to say at the time, I hadn't recorded the whole season yet, but um, I said this then, I'll say it now that I have recorded the full season. Christopher's journey is, is probably the most incredible that I've heard. And it we went into the whole thing. So it's yeah. a solid two episodes. There's a lot to hear. It's, it's, it, completely remarkable and um for those who have listened to episodes 13 and 14 and heard christopher's story into the point where he was up until then which was about summer 2021 when we recorded it we'll have some a, a couple updates he's got for us yeah. and then <laughs> and then we're, we're gonna learn this is season two where we're talking more about education and information and we're gonna get a little bit more into what it was that really moved the needle for him and what he saw change his health dramatically. Whereas before we talked more about the story. Now we're going to talk right. more about what to do and where to start and, and what he saw move the needle. So um, before we get into it, though, I want to introduce Christopher to the audience, to anybody who didn't catch the previous episodes. Um, he lived with autoimmune diseases for 35 years. And for 15 of those years, the symptoms and excruciating Neuro, neuropathic, 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 Neuro, neuropathic pain, yeah. <laughs> uh, nerve pain from them disabled him. Now he's completely healthy and on a mission to help others with chronic health problems to achieve their best health. He's an ADAPT certified functional health coach, which is Chris Kresser's organization. And as of yesterday, national board certified health coach who helps people with chronic illnesses and chronic pain. He's currently writing a book with former Mayo Clinic Dr. Jim Lemons about how lifestyle changes, mindset work, pain neuroscience, and functional medicine form the best approach for dealing with chronic health problems. So uh, a lot of practitioners will say, you know, I got into this because I had to. And yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody can say that more strongly than you. <laughs> years and years and years spent unable to get out of bed. I remember you telling me that you couldn't watch TV because the TV yeah. triggered nerve pain and like any amount of stimulation triggered pain. And it, 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 it was, it's a difficult story to hear and an inspiring one to hear at the same time. So um, let's give a couple updates. So we talked last <laughs> summer in 2021 and you were on your second day ever with no pain. <laughs> yeah. And um, you had started a client practice. You were working with some clients I think that's kind of where we were at and okay. uh, maybe fill in people what's happened in the last six months since we last <laughs> talked. Sure. It's wild to me because of the nature of the body and giving it what it needs that 
I'm now almost five years into my recovery that I'm still getting better. And so day two, wow, uh, that was it back then for pain-free. It's 25 days now. And the crazy thing is like, I got a bunch of them over the Thanksgiving holiday whenever I got away from weight training because I know that that irritates my nerves some. But interestingly, the further I got away from the weight training, it started coming back again. So I needed the endorphins from the workouts, but it's wild now. I've been 13 months of remission from all the autoimmunity. Uh, I was telling you, I almost accidentally ran a 5K the other day, which is saying a lot for Mr. Exercise-Induced Asthma, who coughed and wheezed through gym class and couldn't run under a sub 10 minute mile since I was like nine years old. <laughs> and I was on an 830 pace when I was just kind of going for it. Uh, so that's wow. cool. And uh, after my bulk up period with weight training, uh, I dropped about 15 pounds and I like finally figured out how to lean out <laughs> and I can lift more than I ever could on everything except my bench is only two and a half pounds off, but I can do 20 pound weighted chin ups now. And I'm really proud of that. <laughs> so that's the health side of things. And then I guess thinking about the client side of things, it's still going great. I've done, let's see now, 42 consultations and it's going great. I won't say that every last time I said that everybody had 100 percent of the clients had had some degree of improvement. I've got so many right now that it's a new batch that I can't really say, but the ones that are like six weeks in the past, they're all doing super, uh, at least to have some kind of improvement there. And the long-term coaching ones, that's where I'm really seeing the awesome changes, the, that weekly work together of trying to figure out what's holding them back, what behavioral patterns are there on top of the knowledge. So it's all going smooth and I love it. Love every minute of it. That's great. And, uh, it's just such a dramatic change from where you were at five years ago. So it's, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it's last time I'm going to say it, but go back and listen to episodes 13 <laughs> and 14 and then come back and, and, and check out this one if you haven't. So this time though, uh, and we talked, I don't know, probably close to two hours last time about yours. We went through the whole story yeah. and, uh, we, we, we touched a little bit on, you know, some things that move the needle, some stuff that you did that was right. helpful, a doctor that you worked with, Dr. Lemons and, um, things that didn't work or reasons you couldn't do certain things, but yeah. we didn't, um, we didn't really get into a lot of details about the, the what, Correct. and it was more just the experience itself of going mm. through what you went through. And, and so today I'd like to focus on, you know, what, what actually happened? What'd you do? And so, cause I know a lot of people after they listen to those other episodes, they're going to be curious. And even if somebody doesn't find themselves in the same you know, level of severity of pain yeah. or conditions that you did, uh, there's still, you know, a lot that can be taken from this that could be applied to a, a lot of different conditions or a lot of different situations. So I guess I would start with, um, what were the biggest needle movers? Like what were the most important changes that you made that actually started uh, gaining some traction? So a lot of this, the diet and lifestyle and the mindset things, I really want to focus on those because they're not, 
the sexy type of topics. They're not all that interesting to people, but my experience is like 80% of the time, that's all anybody actually needs, even when it's really, really bad in a lot of cases that they can get through it just with these things. A lot of this is free. (laughs) So I really love being able to share this. And I'm so buzzing with excitement because the fixing part (laughs) is the awesome part of getting into it. So Uh, the needle movers at first. And this is how I approach everything in the book that I'm writing is there's six things that always came up six categories. And I lump diet and supplementation pretty much in together, but I'll separate them out just a little bit for this. So it's a little more coherent. And then I throw stress and mindset together because there's so much on that subject and then exercises on its own and then the sleep and sunshine component, and then lumping together the sorts of stuff that can go wrong that you don't expect, the infections and then the environmental toxin sorts of things. And last of all would be the medication reduction. So I'm going to break down just some of those things from each of those that help me Like I'll break this down in three stages. So stage one will be years zero to one of my recovery. And I think this will really help people see that a lot of my clients seem to think it's going to be one thing that you do and you're just going to keep doing that forever. But your body changes. You may find something else is under the surface after you've addressed something. And then so then I'll go into stage two where I still I call it uh, I still wasn't fully human. (laughs) It was years two through three where I couldn't fathom working still, but I was having more moderate pain than high. And then stage three is years four to present where it's the remission state because I still, I got to do a lot of stuff, but it's effortless now. (laughs) So starting at the very beginning. All right. uh, Well, just to set the context a little bit there is where I was not moving at all. And I was on the immunosuppressant drug that scared me to the core because I thought maybe I'm going to die here finally with the symptoms that I'm getting. I'm getting the black spots. I'm shaking like crazy. And I think I have to go back to this root cause thing I tried uh, seven years ago that seemed like it was on the right track, but didn't fully work. So I'm going to try and start moving. So I had a goal to get off of, <laughs> it was naive at the time, all of my medications <laughs> and wait. How many, on, how, what was the most medications you were on? It was 15 simultaneously. I think uh, my brain isn't the most clear during some of those, the 10 years of narcotics years, (laughs) but I know that whenever I turned it around, it was 15 and I just made the goal as abstract improvement of what might happen because I thought, you know, I've doomed myself before by making this really specific and then it doesn't happen. Like I'm going to walk so far and it's going to be, you know, my pain's going to be down. And it, unfortunately it did not work that way for me. And it doesn't work that way in a lot of cases. But uh, I just had that in mind and said, all right, I'm going after the six categories and here's how I did it at the very beginning. So diet, Sarah Valentine, thank you so much for autoimmune protocol diet. That is absolutely what I needed. I had the raging autoimmunity in my body and uh, I kind of also, I locked into it. It's, this is one of those like, listen to your body things intermittent fasting, because I was so inflamed that I would have told you if we had this interview five years ago, I would have told you, Michael, I react to every single food because every time I ate, my pain was worse for a good two, three hours afterward. 
So I thought that I had some kind of sensitivity to things. And I did have a lot of sensitivities, but a lot of it was simply the GI tract was just so inflamed that <laughs> I couldn't handle eating. So narrowing the window at first. And inflammation, uh, this actually, I'm picking up tidbits. So the recording this season is all education. So I'm talking to some pretty smart people. Yeah. And I picked up something yesterday in a conversation with Dr. Peter Kahn that, um, that I knew, but I never thought of is that inflammation never happens only locally. So if you were eating something and when your gut's like super inflamed like that, it, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that you have a food allergy or sensitivity to this protein or this food. It's just any food is going to cause an That's inflammatory state in the gut, but the cytokines and the other inflammatory uh, cells and things that that get kicked up in that type of storm they go everywhere they uh -huh. don't just they aren't just there so he even said that people with autoimmune conditions that are kind of in a remission like not in a big flare yeah uh but they still have antibodies and things if they get a significant injury of some kind like mm -hmm. they break their leg or their arm or they they have some sort of trauma that causes an acute inflammatory state for the injury and a lot of times it will actually kick up a flare of the autoimmune huh. symptoms yeah because the inflammation is systemic it's not local so right. that makes stories like that one make more sense if absolutely i love like that. i love nerding out on getting the validation <laughs> from science whenever it's like i lived this and i see this and things and it also explains i had a fl autoimmune flare-up whenever i injured my back deadlifting last year where it's like we're <laughs> okay that yeah, stuff it's back. because the cytokines the inflammatory cytokines will circulate through the whole body yeah so that makes a lot of sense uh, there. I, I didn't mean to derail you. It no, just that's popped cool. in there. It's very I love relevant. hearing it. Yeah. And <laughs> then, so just thinking a little bit, a couple other things on diet. I was also, there was so much wrong that I needed my daily grass-fed liver. I was having at least an ounce of that every single day. And I noticed something versus supplements on that. And I always have whenever I've tried that. And I absolutely, I... I did the hardcore version at the beginning because I thought I'm so bad off. I don't get to cut any corners. <laughs> so I did all grass fed meats and all organic vegetables. I wouldn't touch anything that wasn't. And I excluded every single spice. And curiously still, the two only foods that I have a problem with are pepper and onions. And those are the only things that I absolutely said, those are not on board <laughs> no matter what. Black I've tried pepper? them a yeah black pepper okay it i apparently have never really tasted what it's like from what people tell me my tongue just instantly is so on fire and i feel that to a such a degree it's like i can kind of tell it's like like not a worth it yeah not worth it <laughs> So that's the diet side of things and supplements. <laughs> I know that I mentioned that supplements are huge for my recovery, but one of the things I don't think I've actually said this on a recording before is that I did a, a five month supplement fast at the beginning because I thought there, I am Frankenstein personified of all these drugs in me. And I was trying supplements for years before that, for over 10 years, uh, I've been trying all sorts of things. So I did an actual supplement fast there for five months. 
And supplements is one of those things that I kind of don't really like going into that much because it's so personal and individual. And almost everybody says like, oh, I'm going to go try what he did after that. It's like, well, that what I did worked for me at that time. And one of the reasons I'm going through the stages is I will list what I did here just so people can see that it shifted quite a bit. So like some of my favorite brands that I got whenever I did start taking supplements after five months, I like Seeking Health, uh, Thorn, uh, the Pure brand. I think it's Pure Encapsulations. Those are all some really good ones and just don't have to worry about fillers <laughs> on those sorts of things that can be the sneaky uh, person in the room that are causing some symptoms sometimes. And so... Uh, I really started once I had gone off of one of my two narcotics because I was on the long acting, short acting thing. And I started trying some things like probiotics. I did the primal probiotics is the first one that I tried out. It seemed pretty innocuous, didn't really do too much good or bad. And so many things with me at the beginning is I truly had no idea what was working. <laughs> I felt so bad all the time that, and I would push the envelope every time I felt the least bit better, had some increase. like, well, I'm going to push further because I got to extend my boundaries here because I'm living in this trapped 150 step a day thing. I also tried a gut supplement called Prebiogen that Chris Kresser was selling at the time. And uh, I saw some stuff from him on general autoimmunity. So a lot of this is general autoimmunity stuff is liposomal vitamin C and liposomal glutathione. So it's in that little fat bubble to get down, get past what might be in your gut <laughs> interfering with your digestion. Uh, vitamin K2, uh, even though I was eating my liver, <laughs> I, I went for it because I was pretty deficient in a lot of things. And there was this one supplement revitalizing sleep formula that always helped me get to sleep some. I took that one for quite a while. I actually am still on that <laughs> now that I think about it. I've almost weaned myself off though, because I don't really need much help anymore. And another thing for cortisol uh, that was called Interfos. I'm not even sure if they still make that anymore. Uh, and CoQ10 and then MethylGuard and 5-MTHF from Thorn because hello, methylation problems <laughs> in me. <laughs> and this was lab-based stuff. I was not just throwing darts <laughs> blindly. I wanted to make sure I actually needed to address this stuff. So that was the supplement side of things. And then... Looking into stress and mindset, I really think that this is one of the things that got me going more than anything else because I was in such a dark place before and thinking all of the terrible thoughts and we'll get into some of that in the pain neuroscience stuff because it absolutely connects into that. But oh, thinking through that traumatic night whenever I thought I was going to die. <laughs> That was one of the step one, because you and I were talking about this and I kind of didn't realize how traumatic that actually was <laughs> at the time. And I've went off and especially watching some of the stuff that you're the courses on in aura about trauma. It's like, oh man, I had some trauma too. <laughs> I think about it almost thinking I'm going to die. is a pretty big thing. So I had actually, and I didn't mention this last time, I had about six episodes like that. And from it started in January, it went through about September where this toxic soup would kind of build up on me again. And I'd start shaking and it was, oh no, it's going to happen again. Am I going to, do I need to go to the ER? What's happening? So 
I needed to think differently about it. And truly the things that got me through it were when it started to come on deep breathing and not having assumptions about what it meant, not assuming like this was some other yet another progressive state thinking that, okay, I lived through it once and I lived through it once I lived through it the second time, it was only about three hours of shaking that time. I thought, all right, I'm going to wait and see what happens and I'm going to breathe through this. And what do you know? It was pretty fear-based and they sort of magically went away. And that was pure thinking. (laughs) It was not, I don't think anything really changed all that much chemically. I think the mind got it calmed down to whatever was going on chemically. Couldn't cross that line anymore. So the mind changes the chemicals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You get the endorphin release whenever you're feeling better. You don't get You don't get uh, adrenaline, which hypersensitizes you to pain and gets you going in such a way. You don't get cortisol. You don't get catecholamines, cascade of inflammation. So yeah, lots of stuff there. And then some of the other things that were really crucial, and I see this all the time in who I work with now, is stopping the avoidance behaviors that I developed to get away from being present with how I was because what I did was I sort of, and I think I did mention this last time I was in a bit of a frenzy of staying busy so that I didn't notice that I'm screaming on the inside all the time because this pain's like an eight right now. And I'm still trying to read or do something to stay busy. And that was really hard to calm, just slow down and say, all right, it's here. And to come to a place of acceptance with the fact that it's going to be here. I don't know if it's ever going to go away, but running from it, you didn't work and was causing me all those chemicals too. And it was causing a lot of habits that would, I would just stay busy. You mentioned TV was painful. Well, I'd just be on it all day, hurting myself, trying to stay away from it until, okay, I can't take it anymore. Well, I had to get out of that loop. <laughs> I had to not flare myself out through my flare myself up through the behaviors. And uh, part of that was definitely narcotic induced. I've never been bouncing off the walls like that in my life <laughs> mentally. <laughs> and uh, I also had to make peace with myself because I had a ton of guilt coming out of this that I had that three year period 2014 to the beginning of 2017, where I pretty much got so doped up as what I think it was in retrospect, whenever I got pneumonia and said like, I'm going to do something instead of hiding in my room all the time. And then I never, ever remembered to stop indulging (laughs) for three years straight. So I felt really bad about myself about that. And I had to come to peace with the fact that I was in a really hard situation and I should give myself a bit of a break that not every, it was impossible to, well, it was not possible to me. I don't know. Maybe somebody could do it better, but it wasn't possible to me to just have this heroic focus on getting better all the time. It was too much. So I had, I think that's important for people to hear because there's a guilt involved like the yeah. feeling of guilt, like I'm sick or I'm in pain or I don't feel well. And I know there's these 117 things I'm supposed to be doing yeah. right now or not doing or uh, whatever the, the list is that is the current things that are good, quote, for you to be doing. Yeah. And then there's the <laughs> things that are bad for you to be doing, like the TV right. and whatever. And I've seen, I've worked with people and then I've talked to people who were 
who were on the quote good side of that line about 90% of the time. Yeah. And then they would beat themselves up because two weeks ago on a Tuesday, they didn't go do the thing they were supposed to do. So they don't deserve to get better. Like they're never going to get better. Yeah. They don't deserve to get better. And nobody can be a hundred percent on all the time. Like, and everything you're doing when you're in a state like that is harder and the brain's not even work on your side at that point because it's in the, like the neuroscience will tell you that it's robbing the areas of your brain of your ability to think clearly you're back in monkey mind and whatnot you're not able to focus so absolutely needing to know that you have to give yourself a break yeah. and, and there's so much to be said around about how you contextualize your self-esteem whenever you mm. can't do anything and all that leads directly into the next thing that was huge was cheerleading myself, uh, my strengths and accomplishments. Like I walked an extra minute today, I'd write that down. And then I started telling my parents about it too. So they could see that there was some progress here to celebrate those wins. And I could keep the fuel going. If I forgot, <laughs> I could look back and see. I can tell you still do that. Yeah. All the, the time. The wins, the wins are just bigger. Yeah. Bigger than you would have been able to imagine then, but yeah, it's funny. Um, now I get like five massive ones in a week and it's just off the charts compared to what I get. I get, and I think I, that's another reason my pain's even lower for sure. But it can be easy once, once you're not in such a disease state, once you're not in so much pain, once things aren't so hard, Yeah, uh, it can like, people can take it for granted to be able to do the things that they couldn't do before. And then there's no celebration yeah. and there's no acknowledgement. And then it's still the thing I can't do is yep. the focus right, like right now. Right. You said you almost accidentally ran a 5k yeah. was it yesterday or this week or something. Yeah, this week. Yeah. And that's amazing. And you probably couldn't run 20 miles. <laughs> right and so <laughs> people tend to that. always focus like right oh i ran three miles but i can't run four and it's like you didn't even used to be able to walk point yeah. one, of, point <laughs> one of a mile get yourself on values where what's promoting what's good in life because you absolutely sometimes everything sucks and you can't just smile through it <laughs> uh, but uh there's another thing on the mindset that's really important too is i address the fears that i could deal with and I didn't address all of the fears that I couldn't because I just had to tell myself not now, whenever it came into my mind that it's like, I'm bouncing off the walls with fears and such about if I can get better and then things come in, like you're reliant on elderly parents and what happens if something happens to them? I just had to say, not now. Because I, did, I couldn't handle that at the time because I had no way to fix it. So there was really no point to dwelling on it. So I just let some stuff go for a while and said, I'll get to that <laughs> at some point. And that relieved me quite a bit <laughs> because I made the mistake at first of trying to fix everything and had a panic attack one day. I wrote every fear that I had on a page and I just said, I'm never getting better because of this. So I had to learn not now. And it's okay to be overwhelmed because it's really easy to think that you need to be on and fixing yourself all the time. And then just value-based communication with my parents that really helped quite a lot. And that's, I have a section in my book on communication because I think that it's a new language to talk to people whenever you have something chronic and other people don't, and I haven't seen it done to my liking out there. So I'm writing a lot on that. too. <laughs>
but it helps. And then I think I mentioned this one, my little game I developed whenever I was in morphine withdrawal and was in real danger that I called it the benevolent universe premise game where I thought I need to think about the fact that we as a species have been along around for millions of years surviving. So the universe is not this place where just death and danger around every corner. <laughs> so I'm going to look out the window because I couldn't really get out of the house during morphine withdrawal. I needed to improve my Vista before long because I ran out of stuff to look at. But I looked out my window and would name what was valuable about whatever I saw. And it was really easy on a beautiful flower bed, but it was not as easy on the garbage. But I still <laughs> pointed out that we have a civilization that can deal with this in some degree. They take it away at the very least. <laughs> so stuff like that. And, uh, and going in with... Uh, the mindset stuff changed too, for sure. I should mention this right now. Whenever I met Dr. Lemons, got into that program and on day two, the, the physical therapist explained neuroscience to me. I had my this is it moment where this is where I'm fully on board with not just the protocol I'd made for myself, but that was the missing piece to where my stress level <laughs> dropped immensely after that. And I was the smiley guy again that I was whenever I was younger. And it definitely came in and the deep breathing that I did around that because I had to do deep breathing for, and I put that in stress management because it's broader than that, but I think it really applies. I had to do hours a day of deep breathing at the beginning because I would, if I had a bowel movement, I would hurt for hours afterward. It would just be like I wanted to cry. It was so bad and weird flares and such. So that's the stress and mindset side of things. And the other things are briefer than that, that were the game changers in that first year. The sleep and sunshine stuff. It's funny because the stuff that, you know, I talked to you for like two hours the first time and what I still forget because it was so many things. Like I told you, everybody says, what's the one thing you did to get better? And I say, ah, it's 30 things simultaneously. I, a client said to me, like, I'm allergic to the sun. And I was like, I've never heard of that. And then I was like, oh, wait, that was me. <laughs> How can I forget that? But I wasn't getting outside the house except to go to the once a month uh, pain clinic appointments when I was disabled. So because the sun, I would hurt so much more and it felt like it was just this degree of hotter in a way that's just not possible. It felt like it was under my skin to have be out in the sun. So I had to slowly go out for five minutes, sweat and try to stop audibly groaning and then go in and take a cooler shower afterward. So just starting to get that. And I think I may have mentioned this, but it always is worth mentioning the, that for people with autoimmunity, whenever you get some there, if you don't have the cortisol awakening response in balance, then your thymus in your brain is not killing off autoimmune cells. So, and you can help reset that by going out and getting in the sun, even, but I, people say how much, and I say anything's better than nothing. <laughs> it all counts. So if you can get out 20 minutes, that's great. Especially right in the morning. Yeah, right at the very beginning. Yeah. And the other thing that's a part of this is part of the dog and pony show of my recovery was that I was awake on average 30 hours a day due to the pain there. And I had to <laughs> had to get myself in a circadian rhythm. And that was one of the hardest things to do because psychologically I told myself it wasn't possible due to the pain. 
but it was more possible than I realized as soon as I figured that out about slowing down and facing the symptoms, because I was just pushing the baseline up so high all day by staying busy that I couldn't wind down. Of course I couldn't. So the circadian rhythm was huge for making a change. And I think it even helped my weight loss because I dropped about 30 pounds in three months just by doing AIP. <laughs> and then uh, the environmental toxins and things like parasitic infections. I did year one was mostly it was the little bit of gut stuff. I didn't really want to go down that rabbit hole because I thought I've got so much wrong that I don't need to add detox reactions right now. I need to just get on my feet and actually move again. So what I did was change up the personal care products. Like I started using mother dirt stuff, you know, microbiome, skin microbiome, healthy products. Uh, and there was a big project of removing all plastic from the kitchen to make sure uh, getting make and knowing from my genes that, uh, that I had problems with heavy metals, getting that out of my deodorant using native deodorant. I still use that. <laughs> I love that stuff. And I began brushing my teeth again because I stopped due to the neuralgia symptoms in my mouth would hurt so much that I can't believe I still haven't had a cavity. <laughs> I'm so fortunate. Uh. But yeah, that's that side of things for the very beginning. And then the medication side of things, uh, the reduction went pretty well. I got off of half of them in half of a year, but I don't <laughs> recommend the way I did it because it was the crash course of, it was motivation by fear. I was doing that because I thought I saw all the, the micronutrient deficiencies. I knew what they were doing to me once I think it was mitoven.com that I looked that up on. Uh, seeing what all they were causing. And that's M-Y-T-A-V-I-N.com. If I could do it over again, I would have done it slower because I got a lot of nasty symptoms and I wasn't quite ready whenever I pulled off of the first narcotic. Because I mentioned this last time that whenever I met Dr. Lemons, I got off the second one no problem. <laughs> I booked a trip to New York <laughs> three days after I was off because I knew it was just not going to be a problem. So I wish that I had the extra support and tools that I had developed later, but it mattered. It mattered a lot. Strange symptoms, like just feeling like my spine would twist whenever I would eat that just stopped happening as I got rid of things. It's a very curious feeling to feel like you're turning internally <laughs> like that. And just the vibrations in the bodies, things like that. And the weird sudden flushing in my upper left arm and my ear whenever I take a shower, whatever the heck that was. And that's another reason why whenever people come to me with their labels, I say it's like the symptoms aren't all that important all the time. Just keep going after what the body needs from this evolutionary perspective and the functional medicine perspective. And it'll pretty much start fixing it itself. <laughs> So that's the summary of stage one. Uh, any comments on that? It's just incredible. I think there's just important points there about not being perfectionist, always yeah. rewarding little victories, not trying to do everything at once. Uh, and that sometimes like less is more. You said you yeah. went on a supplement fast. You took certain <laughs> yeah. things out of your life. Like you, you stopped doing as much and right. started doing more focused uh, things and then just really being present it sounds like is a big thing Absolutely. to it and um, not 
doing things to avoid the reality of the situation, which then often lead to creating a worse reality of the situation. So, and I think that applies no matter what to anyone all the time. Right. I think so too. I'd like to briefly interrupt this conversation to let everyone know that we've got a free downloadable Foundations of Wellness Starter Kit that's available for you right now over at www.rebelhealthtribe.com backslash foundations if you'd like a little help organizing and implementing all your learning from this podcast. A gift from our team over at Rebel Health Tribe, producers of this show. And now, back to your episode. So no, I'm, I'm ready for round two. Okay. So in this latter part of that year one, I've met Dr. Lemons and I know that things are going to be different from now on, that I understand how pain works. I understand that why I'm hurting, even though my bladder doesn't look bad on a cystoscopy anymore, it looks fine. So I understand that I now have ways to think, move and breathe. And like I said, we're going to get into some of that here in a bit about how I can change the pain responses. But as I mentioned earlier, the pain didn't change that much at first because what changed was my ability to do more. My pain didn't hardly go down during that first year. And so we go into stage two, the years two and three, like I said, I still couldn't even think about working, just wasn't a thing that was on the table. So, but I still consider this intermediate recovery for me because it was objectively so much better. And I had hope all the time now where, and oh my gosh, was that powerful medicine to have that hope where there wasn't this rain cloud of what's around the corner anymore. And one by one, I start diffusing these other fears that I couldn't deal with. So, uh, the big things that I learned, because that's the thing and the beauty of life. (laughs) I know that I have a lot of knowledge on health, but I'm still learning more. And this is whenever I found out about how big mast cell activation syndrome was and histamine was for me. I, and it was, (laughs) it was weird because I always wondered why I'm this guy and we'll go into the diet now again. Why do I get sick when I have like bone broth? Everybody says I have to have this in my diet and I make stuff in the uh, instant pot and okay, it's, I'm kind of weird whenever I eat it, if it's been in there longer, like all day, I'm like, all right, that's kind of weird. But (laughs) if I have leftovers, oh my goodness, this is, it's diarrhea, it's headaches, it's my mouth burns, it's my nerves are on fire, but it took me two, two and a half years to realize that because everything felt so bad all the time that I just couldn't figure out what it was. And it's hard to draw the conclusion whenever you're worrying about the histamine, the histidine growth on proteins in your refrigerator that you just don't even really think about at the time. And whenever it doesn't happen, it's easy. I should say it's easy to explain away whenever you have the natural ebbs and flows of pain and symptoms that it's just, well, that just happened. And, but there was actually a causal relationship there. So I got off of the autoimmune protocol finally, close to the closest to three years that I was on AIP, which I now think is way too long and you don't get choline because you get no eggs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't add anything in. I was still scared because I thought I've got some improvement. I don't want to have, have a setback. I don't know what all's done this. It's kind of magic to me. 
But uh, then I decide, all right, it's going to be a paleo diet, like 80-20 type of thing. Seems like it's better for me at this point, but I'm going to go low histamine and I'm going to go low sugar too, because I also noticed the, there's a causal relationship. I was so sensitive in the peripheral neuropathy, particularly that if I ate blueberries, even that was like a sugar bomb that set them off. And I had a doctor who told me, and they're wrong, <laughs> that I would never get over that. And I can have fruit now. I'm good. Uh, I can have sugar back in my diet. But uh, so I reintroduced spices and man, that made a restricted diet so much less so <laughs> like people now tell me because I spice bomb it it's uh they say to me it's like oh you live on a restricted diet I'm like not at all <laughs> I don't feel deprived in any way <laughs> but uh people, so I, people say that to me too and I mean <laughs> I don't I don't have that many things I don't like other than like it's more food quality for me than any like I don't eat like processed foods and yeah, fast foods yeah. and things like that but uh, I don't eat much gluten. Mira can't. My wife doesn't right. eat gluten. And then um, I don't eat a ton of dairy and like a couple other things. But even that to the common American eater. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, what do you eat? How can you eat? I'm like, dude, yeah. I promise the food that I eat tastes better than what you eat. <laughs> yeah, I promise it, too. You yeah. can get a long way with vegetables and spices and throwing them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the other thing, oh my gosh, on diet is this is when I discovered extended fasting because before I thought, okay, that sounds like horrible deprivation and you're just suffering for the sake of suffering. But then I came across some research that said that it's the only way that you can make stem cells in your body. So I started doing monthly extended water fasts and we can talk about how I did that too, because that's a nuanced and not for everyone <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> it's absolutely contextual, just like all this stuff is. And really the time was right for the extended fasting. I think my body, the stress had come down enough that where I could actually put myself through more because it's a pretty acute <laughs> stressor there to not have food. I was doing it five days every single time. Time. So uh, the supplements, this is pretty easy to go through uh, and quick, but because I did, it was more, it was just histamine based things. I also finally discovered the merits of CBD, uh, but at the time I was just trying all sorts of stuff and uh, now it's melomen. I'll just go ahead and say the now stuff, just because it's on my mind, the melomen beverage enhancer is really good, but I kind of fell in love with new leaf naturals. Now that really works great for me. And I found CBC oil through them, which is amazing for a headache apparently versus nerve pain. So that's really cool. And I should mention, I do have an affiliation with them now. I love them so much. If people put in BHC at uh, checkout, they get, I forget how much off, <laughs> something or other. I think it's like 20%. But uh, the supplements that I did for histamine and other sorts of things, I also found N-acetylcysteine at that point, which I know is hard to get now. Uh, zinc. I also started a kelp supplement. I also was eating sea vegetables too, but I saw so many good things that I wasn't getting from them that I started taking that. And then the histamine stuff, I did the probiota, histamine X and histablock, which is like the stopgap that you do to try and eat stuff and survive and not feel as bad. It doesn't really fix anything. Though. 
and uh, grass-fed beef organs. Yes, on top of my organ eating, I went ahead and added uh, some uh, supplement for that because I saw that kidneys could be really good for, and I didn't particularly care for the taste of kidneys, <laughs> that kidneys could be good for histamine. And then French maritime bark extract, and then a quercetin supplement called quercinase. And then I went deeper into some gut stuff, but still not that deep. I, that'll be in the newer part. <laughs> I started taking GI Revive, which is a really expensive gut supplement that, oh man, that thing helped a lot, a lot of digestive stuff. And suddenly I was regular for the first time since I was 10, <laughs> whenever IBS showed up. So that's the supplement stuff. Then the stress and mindset, there's not quite as much there. The starter kit was the most important. I just was adding layers on like, or if you want to go the other direction, peeling layers of the onion. <laughs> so my decision in that period of time, I decided I was going to write a book to help other people out of this and realize that I might have something that's valuable to help other people out because I started helping out at the Lemon Center and seeing that I could have a profound effect on the people that I was talking to about behavior change and then also the science side, the functional medicine, all these other things. So that elevated my spirit and I noticed my daily pain went down about a number or two. I started having days where, oh, wow, it was a four. <laughs> I actually got a four. <laughs> I can do things where it's not that bad. So it, always those spiritually fueling values like that were huge for me. And that's when I also decided I'm going to pursue getting a coaching certification through Chris Cresser's Adapt Academy and having that I, it gave me a future for the first time. So the, suddenly the depression type things are not really there anymore because I can think there's a future where I'm going to work and now I'm going to be able to support myself and such. So that was really huge. Uh, I also, I dialed back. One of the other big things was I dialed back big time on the breath work. It became automatic for me and I needed far less because I was having a pre-treat before whenever I would exercise and post-treat with breath work in order to try and get through things. And suddenly, okay, I only need it after now. And it just became less and less as my body kept getting better and I got into better shape. So uh, then exercise. Uh, and I didn't mention on the first thing, Dr. Lemons gave me a lot of neuroscience-based movement things to do, uh, nerve glides, tai chi. And I was already doing like qigong, three moves, my whopping workout. <laughs> it lasted like two minutes. A little bit of qigong can go a long way. Yes. And like I said earlier, any is better than none. <laughs> and it's so good for the nervous system. So uh, the neuroscience stuff became not, not quite so necessary during this period. And I stepped up from there to actually doing exercises with TheraBands. They'd got me started at the Lemon Center, but it was like the yellow one, which is nothing. And I got the super max on that. I hit the top on that in time. And I got to where I was now walking 5,000, uh, sorry, uh, 10,000 steps per day, five miles, uh, roughly five miles. I wasn't quite to that yet, but uh, I was getting mad every day because I'd pushed up to like 3,000. I should have mentioned that in the stage one part. And the other huge thing I found was standing up 75% of the time relieved a lot of the nerve-based pains. A lot of them were temperature, surprisingly, like just having my 
belly fat overhang <laughs> while sitting was causing neuropathic burning in my waist. So standing up a lot by that made a huge difference. And suddenly a lot of the IC stuff started getting better. Uh, my urinary urgency and frequency were getting a lot better. The nerves were just kind of crazed from all the sitting that I did. So that was the exercise side of things. And then the infections and environmental toxins, real simple now. Uh, I got myself an AquaTrue reverse osmosis filter and put everything through that. Uh, and then I got myself a near infrared sauna from Sauna Space and started using that five times a week. I could only use that for a few minutes though. At first it was just too much. <laughs> it would cause a nerve pain flare up or I would get too dehydrated or something. But I eventually got up, I was doing that five times a week for 45 minutes. So a whole lot of sauna in there. And then the medication. That's what I miss the most. We just like sold all of our and got rid of all of our possessions oh, wow. for the move that we're doing. Yeah. And I had an infrared sauna for three years and I went in there at least four times a week for the whole three years. And it was like my little sanctuary. Like it was like the thing it's I looked forward to every day and I felt great. And now uh, it's going to be near the top of the list of the things I'm going to replace when I get to where we're going. I can see why it's one of those essential sort of self-care tools that I didn't realize how valuable it is for not because I thought detox, but then there's some things about the red light stimulating and healing nerves. And on top of that, there's uh, uh, the mitochondrial stimulation for your energy. So there's a lot of good stuff there. And let's see. So the last thing for stage two of my recovery is the medications. I got all the way down to two of them. And that was uh, just my sleep medication. And then the nerve sort of thing, uh, amitriptyline that helps just turn down nerve intensity pain rather than actually being a pain reliever. And I did that through just pretty steady titration because I did it much slower now that I was no longer, my hair wasn't on fire <laughs> to get off of all of them. <laughs> So that's the picture of that. And so you can start to see that, okay, some of this is different. And then some of it is just adding extra layers. So it's interesting how the context shifts on all these things going into just now where I feel great <laughs> most of the time in stage three. And that wraps up another episode of the Natural Evolution Podcast. Thanks for listening, and please check out the links in the show notes below to learn more about our guests and grab your free downloadable Foundations of Wellness Starter Kit, which will help you implement what you're learning here and make powerful shifts in your health and your life right away. Just go to www.rebelhealthtribe.com backslash foundations, and you can be started in only a few minutes. If you enjoy the show, please drop a rating, review, or subscribe to stay in the loop with future releases.